Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 47 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and as always, I'm so glad that you're listening. I'm even more glad today because uh, due to some schedule snafus and some pushing back of guests, I don't have a guest for today. So instead, um, I asked on Facebook to uh, for my readers and you guys to ask me anything. So I'm going to answer as many of those questions as I can while still maintaining the shortness of the format of this podcast so that you can get back to writing. Uh, before I start doing that, before I jump into questions, um, a little update on my writing world. I am still not elbows deep in a work. Uh, I'm still revising those thriller pages, the proposal pages. Um, I am getting closer to where I think I need to be, but it's it's just kind of a different language. And my agent has been awesome. And today we talked and I just need to get a few more feelings off the page and a bit more action, even though I have that awesome new dead body. Um, dead person. Yay. On the page. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still a little bit too talky, too emotive and I need to work on that. So that's for the rest of the week to work on that. Hopefully it'll be done and ready to go by next week because I have this new idea that, you know, backfills in when you're waiting around, when you're thinking about something else, when you're in the middle of a project, then that shiny new object arrives. Uh, Jessica Abel, who talks a lot about creativity and who's going to be on the podcast pretty soon, um, awesomely, she talks about the slutty idea, the slutty new idea. It comes in just like wearing a sparkly tank top and incredibly glittery blue eyeliner and she's all like what this is the idea for you my friend and she's right so I need to finish this thriller so that I can get on to the next one because I think I kind of feel like writing another one if I can ever nail this format of action action some emotions and more action so that is what I'm struggling with uh, I had a very large weekend of, um, working with the self-defense, uh, organization that I work with. Um, that was 30 hours of work over the long weekend. And so I took, I had to work, I had to do stuff on Monday, but I took yesterday, which was Tuesday, May 23rd off. And I just drove around. I went to yoga and I went to the beach. I drove out to the coast. Um, I had pie and ice cream, Olala berry pie, which is a Central Coast uh, favorite berry. I think it's a cross between blackberry and boysenberry. I'm not quite sure, but Olala berry is so fine. Had a crab sandwich. I took my blanket out to the beach and I had this entire stretch of coast. There was nobody there out near Pescadero, which is um, south of Half Moon Bay. And I just laid on the beach and I put the towel under my head and I just watched the waves and I just kind of felt everything around me. And it was so wonderful just to kind of shut down and have that time 
all to myself. It was really, really great for my psyche. And, um, now I would like to have a vacation every day. So that's not going to work. Obviously I have a job to do. I have lots of stuff to do, but, but, uh, but I would just like to go sit on the beach for a while. And I know that you feel me on this. We could all do with some beach time. So I hope that you get some of that. Let's see, um, in other news, and I'm going to keep you posted on this loosely. I will never give you the name ever, but I'm going to be throwing back up online, uh, some smut that I wrote, some erotica, uh, and also some smut that a friend of mine wrote who has a similar voice to mine. So we're combining them. I'm making a new pen name. I am going for the least viable product. Basically, I've got some covers made and I'm just going to zap those puppies into vellum, create a new pen name, get all of them out and just dump, I think I'm going to dump eight products, eight, eight books on Kindle uh, in the KU program, just kind of testing out the KU and do some advertising in the AMS, um, Amazon Marketing system service. I'm not sure what that stands for. Just to see if I can get any traction because uh, both she and I have had absolutely no luck uh, with getting traction on our erotica. It just, um, I think it's actually too dirty and it's been relegated to that black hole of Amazon where things that are too dirty are. You can find it if you search for it exactly, but if you don't know it's there, you can't find it. Um, So I'm going to try to break out of that rut maybe and basically I'm spending like four hours tops doing this no more because honestly we could end up making no money again and that would be fine but at least we've tried once again uh today strangely um was a work day at a new cafe to me and I have to tell you, it was amazing. You can steal my idea. There's plenty of room. Uh um me and a couple friends went to IKEA to work in the cafe because it turns out that now the IKEA is between us and we went to the um the dining room, you know, where they serve the meatballs and the and the their weird lingonberry speaking of berries, uh lingonberry drink. And so it's amazing because it's bright. Uh the IKEA in Emeryville looks right at um the freeway, part of the maze. Um but then into the bay and you can kind of see the bay sparkling and look out towards San Francisco. And there's clean bathrooms. There's 5.99 meatballs and mashed potatoes. And there's so much room and nobody gives a crap if we're sitting there for hours. Nobody cares. So it's kind of awesome. So I think that's going to be our new place to work. That was great. And oh, and just a little bit of news. Um, Not really news, but in thank yous. Um, thank you to my new patrons, Eva Klingberg. That's a really cool name, Eva. And uh, Sally Littlefield. Thank you so, so, so much for being my patron. Uh, your patronage just shows that you like the work that I'm doing, that you appreciate this podcast and my time in producing it. And you also get essays on creativity. So that's cool. Uh, so thank you for that very, very, very much. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Now I'm going to look at the Facebook Ask Me Anything, and this should be pretty fun. 
let's see. First question we have here, and I'm going to just go in order. I'm not going to have time to answer them all today, and that's good because I'm going to save these up for another rainy day when I don't have a guest and I don't know what to talk about. So um, in order of receipt, we have the infamous Zach Bohannon, uh, who we talk about a lot. We just really talk about him a lot on my other podcast, The Pedal to the Metal. Um, the Pedal to the Metal is my podcast with Jay Thorne. We have such a good time talking about moving from the dream job, sorry, from the day job to the dream job, moving from a day job to writing. And uh, Zach Bohannon is kind of our our third party, our third um co-producer he's just always kind of in the room uh but he asks why don't you like dragon for mac well zach oh my god dragon for mac which is a dictating uh dictation software for mac is terrible and um i recently learned that the reason dragon for mac is terrible is that the nuance company uh who runs dragon dictate naturally for the pc platform which is amazing apparently they just bought a another Mac dictation program and put their name on it. So they are built on different frames and they just don't, uh, Dragon for Mac just doesn't work as well. You get all these weird letters, trailing letters, or sometimes your cursor will jump. So as you're speaking, suddenly you're uh, dictating your new words into a paragraph that was six pages before and you just lose everything and it just gets all fouled up. So, um, I was sharing on my other podcast that I bought a very, very cheap um, PC computer because you can get those things for like 200 bucks now. And I'm going to run Dragon on that. So hopefully I will be able to tell you guys a little bit more about how dictation is working for me. I did dictate one book. It was one of the Ballard Brothers books. Um, and it I kind of got the hang of it. Like I, I did feel like I was able to compose in my head. Um finally started to feel almost natural, but it was just too kludgy to keep using on the Mac. So that is why I'm moving over to the PC. So I will keep you posted, Zach Bohannon. Um, Jean Halada. Hello, Jean. She asks, what is the meaning of life? And the answer is obviously 42. Um, That is a science fiction nerdy reference to I believe uh, something that I can't even remember. And apparently the entire world knows this and I should just google it but you know it and you were laughing at me and now I'm laughing at me and I don't know what that means but 42 is the answer I know that but honestly the real meaning of life is I you know I'm gonna get corny for one second but I believe it is loving yourself it is loving the people around you uh loving the family that uh you either got placed into or um the family that you have chosen and doing our best work and uh, having good rest. I think that's the meaning of life for me. So um, I would love to hear what the meaning of life for you is. Uh, tweet at me or Facebook me or leave a comment at howdoyouwritepodcast.com. Um, I'd love to hear what the meaning of life actually is. So that would be great. Leslie Clarkson asks, how do you flesh out your characters? Have you ever used someone you know to create a character, at least some attributes of someone you know? <laughs> and Allison Sass adds a uh, corollary question. And did they notice? <laughs> um, when I flesh out my characters, I really look at their uh, emotional, internal life. I know their backstory. I know their wounds. I know 
how they react to the world because of those wounds. I know what they're projecting as their um, false self, that, that front that they've built to protect themselves. Uh, so I look at them very much as from the interior emotion. There's a child screaming outside. Hold on, please. So I really kind of look at them from the inside out, uh, which means that all of my characters are kind of built on who I am. It's very, very hard to create a person that is not like you because it is hard to put yourself in the shoes of people who are not like you. Just as a, as a rule of humanity, it is hard to understand people that we don't understand. I know that's circular logic, but, um, so I'm always trying to stretch that, you know, go into people who are emotionally different from me, who have different wounds, who react differently. Um, the exterior of my characters is always something I come at later. Uh, and things like, um, verbal tics and, likes and dislikes and hair color and body shape and size, uh, those have definitely been influenced uh, by people I've known. And in fact, sometimes when I'm when I'm shorthanding a book, when I'm just starting out a first draft, uh, for example, right now I'm writing this book, The Thriller, and it has some dispatchers in it. The dispatchers in it are not they're, they're um, tertiary characters, really. We don't see much of them. Our, our main character is a dispatcher, but the dispatch center in itself does not figure in. So right now, as I'm writing those tertiary dispatchers, I'm using placeholder names and I'm calling them dispatchers that I've known because it helps me to remember, oh, that this is the terse one. This is uh, the one who doesn't like to work very much. This is the always happy one. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of holding a place for them that way. However, I'm not really writing about my old friends because as I write, those people will morph and change into their actual fictional selves. Um, this happens a lot when I put myself in a book too, when a character is very much like me. She starts out on the page being exactly like me. She is just me on the page. As I go, as I learn about her, this character, as she kind of expands into the character she's meant to be, she stops being like me and she becomes more like herself. And suddenly, not suddenly, but eventually when I'm done with the book, I have these characters that in no way, shape or form resemble who I loosely based them on in the beginning if I were able, even able to remember who I based them on. Um, so there is that underpinning. Um, no, no one has ever noticed, as far as I know, anybody that I've used. And I do have to say that, again, I model most of my characters on myself because that's the easiest. Um, all the heroes and heroines are basically different facets of myself. Uh, it's the, it's the secondary and even more so the very, very secondary or tertiary characters that are based on people. Sometimes they're based on people that I've seen at the grocery store or the one woman at the cafe who bugs the crap out of me. Um, I'll base characters on those kind of quirks, um, those kind of physical features, but, um, nothing, no, nothing outright. I've never stolen Lala for example, to put in a book. Oh my God, I've never stolen my sisters or my best friends to put in a book. That would, that would just not go well. And 
I have heard from other writers that uh, people don't recognize themselves in books ever, uh, but that would be, I think that would be really scary for me. That would be something I wouldn't want to do. I wouldn't want to be accused of that. So uh, Leslie Clarkson also asks, uh, when you are finishing up writing one of your books, do you miss your characters? That is a very good question because one would think the answer would be yes right? I've spent the last X number of months, um, sometimes a year or more with these characters. I should miss them. But when I finish a book, I am usually so tired of it, so sick of every single scene, because by the time you get through all the revision passes, all the editing, all the copy edits, and then all the proofs and the proof pages, you're just you never want to see this book again, especially when it gets down to the point where you're only allowed to change a few very, very small things in the page proofs at the very last section. So even if you wanted to change the whole book, you couldn't. You're just reading it for that last time. You, it's just, it's done. It's over. But about six months later, six months later to a year, basically when the book hits the shelves and I start thinking about it again, I'm starting to promote it. I'm starting to look for pull quotes that I can lift out of the book and use in graphics, um, that kind of thing. Then I start to actually really miss the characters. Um, I remember who they were, what they were like, what made me laugh about them, what made me exasperated with them. And it is like I kind of, I liken it to, you know, when you have those super intense emotional experiences with strangers, uh, like if you go on a week-long tour with somebody, you know, Rick Steves' tour in uh, Sweden, uh, you take a tour, you bond, and then a year or two later, you look back on that with like the fondest emotion. Those people meant so much to me. And we were so close for that limited time and you miss them, but it's, uh, it's a cerebral kind of missing. Um, and it's made more, uh, more aching in a way that I can't just, you know, fire up Facebook and connect with those people that I met on a trip. You know, I can't just send them a note and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. How is everything going? How's your dad? Um, because these people are fake. I made them up. They don't exist. They're, they're lies. These characters are lies in my head. So when I do file myself missing them, I do feel a little bit, uh, crazy, <laughs> a little bit sectioned in my head. Um, so I try not to, I try not to miss them, but I, I do miss them. Let's see. Uh, Rekka J <laughs> says, how much coffee do you drink? And how do you take it? And what happens without it? Well, you may have been listening to the podcast for a while and I talk fast and I do a lot and I am all over the place and um, I don't drink coffee. I actually don't drink caffeine. <laughs> uh, I miss it. I quit. I quit probably about a year ago now. Um, I have quit off and on in my life and usually I go back on this time. I feel very, very good about being quit. It's, I quit shortly after I, uh, after I quit my day job, um, because I didn't need it as much. Now when I'm tired, I can just lay down and have a little nap, which is a fantastic place to be. Um, but I wondered if I would be less hyper when I'm not on caffeine. And that is obviously not true. I am always hyper. So that has been proven true. Uh, but 
Um, I like it. I feel like I'm just kind of more stable. And then if I am getting a headache or fighting a migraine or something, I dose with caffeine. I just, I take all the caffeine pills. I drink all the coffee and then it tastes so delicious. Um, but I don't miss it. I drink a lot of herbal tea, a lot of rooibos because I'm just, uh, hippie that way. So that's nice. Um, but if I were to drink coffee, my ideal way is a latte, uh, um, a cafe latte in Italy. That's probably the best way, the way I wish I could drink it every day. But since I'm also not doing milk, coffee is a little bit pointless to me. So, uh, let's see. Um, Laura Edwards asks, who do you use for print in self-pub titles? I actually uh, use myself for print in self-pub titles. I do my own formatting. And that is all going to change. This is this is advanced math for people who are not self-publishing. Uh, but there's a program called Vellum. Vellum does beautiful ebooks, And as of this summer, they are coming out with the print version of Vellum. So Vellum will be able to format your print books for you. And when that happens, I don't think anybody should use anything else because Vellum is such a wonderful superior product. And if you are a self-publisher and you haven't bought Vellum yet, do yourself a favor and go buy it. You do need a Mac to run it, which is a little bit prohibitive, I understand. But it is that great. It makes self-publishing super easy. And now... As you hear, uh, I have a dog barking in the background. It's only going to get worse. Once she starts barking, it doesn't end. So I'm going to end this short podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Next week, we're going to have an awesome guest. I can't actually remember who it is right now, Uh, but I am sure they're going to be awesome. So because they always are. I get phenomenal guests talking about how they write. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for enjoying my show and thanks for coming back and listening to it. It means so much to me. So um, I hope that you get some great writing done this week. I love to hear from you in any way that you communicate with me, Twitter, Facebook, email, rachel at rachelheron.com or on the website, howdoyouwritepodcast.com or on my website, rachelheron.com. You can communicate with me in multiple ways and I love hearing from you guys. So Do let me know how it's going, what you're doing, what you're working on, and we will talk soon. Happy writing to you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.